Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup. This is episode 30 for the week ending Monday, November 9th. On this show, we round up the week's most important technology, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andile Masugo and with me as always is my co-host, the homie. Therefore, Mohapi, how are you, my guy? I'm good, man. How are you? Excellent. I uh, heard you on air last week debating the whole notion of Africa rising, man. <laughs> Where are we at with that? I was still asking for who. I suppose the one thing that does rise is hot air. Mm. You smell a rat. <laughs> oh, yeah, but Daniel was quite interesting, too. And then the Huawei launch, uh, launching a fancy phone. You went to check it out. Uh, all I want to know is, is it as good as Apple? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the man has an Android heart. <laughs> Listen, we, we both have a heart for Android, but just yeah, slowly but surely, I think we're both getting sold on, on Apple. Definitely. I mean, uh, it depends what you do or what you use your technology for. And uh, we slightly swaying towards Apple. Anyway, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, please head over to africantechroundup.com to catch up on what you've been missing. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly newsletter uh, to get the podcast sent straight to your inbox every Monday morning. Please do follow us on Twitter and Instagram on both social networks. Our handle is at African Roundup. And we're also on Facebook like everybody else. Check us out at facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. There's dope behind the scenes stuff we share on social, especially Instagram, as well as candid commentary I'm sure you'll find interesting when you visit us on those social networks. So follow and like us already. Now, in terms of the discussion we'll be having a little later on, we ask if there's something in the water in Nigeria, or at least something in the water tech startups are drinking, because startups in Nigeria seem to be struggling at the moment. So we'll unpack some anecdotal data around this to determine if there's cause for an alarm. But first, this week's African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Imagination Info Solutions, the information management and consulting company that helps business people make good, solid, data-driven decisions that impact the bottom line. Now, Imagination creates business tools like visual dashboards and reports using Excel Power Pivot that enable you to run your business with more clarity and insight. Here's Imagination's MD, Richard Bezadenhardt, explaining what you can expect when you offer them a seat at your strategy table. The way we deliver our service to you is through a frictionless engagement in which we learn all about you and the problem you are wanting to resolve. Understanding numbers and the data is just as important, but our solutions are not crafted for technical people. They are crafted for business users as an extension of who they are and to answer the question that everyone asks, is this going to help me? We have a high-touch engagement, so you know daily what we are working on, any issues we may uncover, what needs to be done to resolve those issues, and the way the end solution will look like long before the expected delivery date. Most of our projects are done within just weeks, so you don't end up losing that excitement of having something new to work with. Now, if that sounds good to you, visit imagination.co.za right now to find out how you can start spending less time sorting through and extracting your company's data and more time using it to make your business rock. That's e-imagination.co.za. Don't forget, if you'd like to be part of the show by having us include your audio comment on any of the topics we've covered in this show, you can email us at hello at africantechroundup.com or give us a shout on facebook.com forward slash africantechroundup or hit us up on Twitter using the handle at africanroundup or hit us up on our website, africantechroundup.com, and our team will get right back to you. Quick heads up before we jump into the news. In case you didn't know, season two of our sister podcast, African Tech Conversations, is back. 
It features candid laid-back chats I've had with leading figures from Africa's tech scene. That's right. The current episode is a conversation you had with Brendan Becker, Managing Director of Mimecast Africa and Middle East. If you didn't know, Mimecast are a multinational email and email management security firm. Given he's a lawyer turned tech executive, I found his insights on what it takes to build a successful career in tech rather interesting. Me too, actually. You can catch my conversation with Brandon Becker as well as the complete back catalogue of conversations from season one of the series on conversations.africantechroundup.com. That's conversations.africantechroundup.com. And again, subscribe for the African Tech Roundup so that future episodes get sent straight to you. Exactly. And now, on to this week's news. Now, first up, Facebook has just relaunched PowerPoint slideshows as a low-cost marketing uh, gimmick for Africa. And in a very original move, they're calling that innovation, yes, you guessed it, slideshow. Yeah, innovation. I reserve my comments on that word. Anyway, what is this Facebook slideshow, in case you missed it? Facebook says that it's creating this Facebook slideshow because people connect to Facebook using different connection speeds and different devices from the developing world, including Africa. And they're saying that uh, small and medium businesses don't have the budget to create uh, lavish and great videos that they can use for ads like the big brands do on Facebook. So this is their way of offering those smaller and medium businesses an option to create videos, they say from still images. Well, to their credit, that's a very now solution, and maybe that's part of the problem. They should be thinking about the future. We've seen how quickly f- smartphones have taken over from, from feature phones, or at least have started to, and we've seen how huge behemoths like Mixit have taken, you know, not just strain, have just literally bit the bullet um, as a result. Look, to their credit, apparently this innovation, as they put it, is economical and data and easy to use, which I guess is a good thing for this market. It is a good thing. I mean, that, that the points they make about small businesses not having the budgets to make videos, etc., are true. But I just think this is just a fancy way of reintroducing gifts. <laughs> they are gifts. What do you call videos from still imaging? It's gifts. <laughs> My question is, what kind of marketers is Facebook targeting with this, though? Is it Andile's, like, throwing a, like planning a concert for his church? Or is it, uh, like, small and medium-sized firms? They're saying small and medium-sized, and I also still don't see how small and medium... I guess it will work in some... uh, Look, I don't have all the knowledge of how people operate in various countries, but I'm trying to imagine what a small and medium business, what use they'd have for a video from still images or a GIF. Look, there's something to be said for... You know, the criticism that Facebook has fielded of late in its attempts to try and create these so-called light products, you know, or light solutions for developing markets. I I don't know if that's such a hot idea. Perhaps it was two years ago when we thought feature phones were going to stick around for a while. Perhaps they, even they, in retrospect, might realize that they might have wasted a little too much time and effort in trying to do this. I think, to give them a bit of credit, they're trying, they've already if I can put it that way, cornered the smartphone market with their product. So it covers very well people with smartphones, Apple iPhones, you know, your high-end Android phones, etc. So they feel that they're catering quite well for that market. So they're trying to bring on the next billion or two billion of people who don't have those phones onto Facebook. And then probably as they upgrade, Facebook's already ready to absorb them. Okay, so it's like a Greenfields project that... um, Okay, that makes sense in that context. Well done, Facebook. Wow, you flipped me real quick. (laughs) Well, it's still a gift. <laughs> okay.
Well, moving on now. It's been reported that infighting between the founders and various other key stakeholders at Kenyan cloud hosting firm Angani has left some of its clients high and dry and threatening to sue. Uh, now, what does Angani do exactly? Look, there's a big problem, well, depending which way you look at it, of uh, a lot of the data, a lot of the websites on the continent are actually, even though they provide on, uh, content for the continent or services for the continent, are actually hosted outside the continent. So not only does this p- present a security risk, it also, I mean, we, you'd ideally like content and information and data about the continent by the continent's organizations to be hosted in the continent. So Angani came about and said, this is a big problem. We're going to do some cloud hosting and offer local uh, data centers where you can host your data in Kenya as a start. Except the founders would then go ahead and have a fight and word is uh, someone had passwords to this thing and another guy had a password to that thing and this guy didn't want those passwords and now poor clients in between can't access their data that's hosted by them. Yeah, interesting enough, I mean, they were quite well-funded. There's been some lot uh, money pumped into them at the C stage. Talking of the password story, um, I think it's uh, one of the founders, Kariuki, was uh, ousted from the company and he's currently in court fighting the company he founded with Mutia. So Mutia has been put in as the interim CEO or permanent CEO by the rest of the shareholders and the funders. And uh, Gariuki is busy in court fighting why he's been ousted. Now, it seems, and it's not been confirmed yet, but reading in between the lines, but I'll use the term allegedly, it seems allegedly that uh, they both had login passwords to the port administration portals for their different servers and data centers. And as a result, allegedly, and it seems that Gariuki has disabled some clients as an act of allegedly sabotaging Angani. Thus, some clients are left high and dry. They don't have their sites are down. And some clients are operating. I know, you know, I was, I was joking about it earlier. This is a pretty big company, relatively speaking. In startup terms, it's certainly bigger than most that uh, lay claim to that title. And quite unfortunate, it makes me think, what, what should founders be thinking about now before they get as big as, say, Angani is? You know, and, and, and with with the potential to make all this revenue and attract all this investment, and I can imagine disputes in that context can can just be crazy. So, what can a founder do now? What can founders do now to you know safeguard their interests jointly within the firm and the interests of the customers they service to to avoid things like this? It's quite embarrassing, I think. Very simple. Work with people that you like and trust. Uh, in terms of, in, I mean, this is a case where Kariuki, from what I gather and read and speak to people, was ousted because there was a disagreement within the company, with investors, etc., and he was ousted. So they couldn't reach an agreement. So clearly, uh, from what I'm reading, it seems like they weren't all on the same wavelength in terms of what should happen in the company or how to solve if maybe there was a problem with Kariuki. They weren't on the same wavelength in terms of how to solve it with him. So they ousted him which is a very drastic measure to do to a founder. And I can imagine, I mean, founders, you started this thing from scratch, etc., and just getting kicked out must be very painful. So I think you, you want to work with people, even investors. I mean, don't just take money for money's sake. Work with people you really want to work with who are on the same wavelength with you. And hopefully he's on some sort of Steve Jobs trajectory where, <laughs> you know, he leaves the company and he comes back. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. And then everyone holds hands together and sings Kumbaya in Swahili. <laughs> yeah. 
That would be awesome. Anyway, look, on to Nigeria, uh, where the Central Bank of Nigeria is not playing about this bank verification number issue. Hey, clearly singing from the same hymn sheet as the Nigerian Communications Commission. Now, an extension has been granted for people living in the diaspora, but anyone living in Nigeria needs to get a BVN if they want to be reunited with their mula. Yes, uh, I mean, this is a very deliberate and it seems very strategic move by uh President Mohamedou Buhari's administration. It first started, as you say, with the Nigerian Communications Commission where they were clamping down on pre-registered SIM cards. And now they're clamping down on unverified bank accounts. All links back to the intelligence and security reports about Boko Haram and other terrorists using pre-registered SIMs or unregistered SIM cards and using unverified bank accounts to communicate and to move funds. So this is a very strategic and very commendable move, which uh, goes back to show people who are complaining about the MTN Nigeria find that this is very important. Yeah, look, the officials have been at pains to explain to people that they're not deactivating accounts or confiscating monies. They are, in fact, allowing inflows of cash. Um, They're not permitting withdrawals if you don't have a bank verification number. Uh, Similar in in a sense to to the process that South Africa went through, the the FICA process. Um, It makes a lot of sense. I think I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I suppose what confuses me a little bit is why people would have waited so long if they knew this deadline was looming. Same case with uh, MTN Nigeria. They knew from 2011 that uh, this was what's going to happen. They signed the regulation together with other mobile operators. But come uh, June, August, July, September, October, November, they start jumping up and down about the fine being too high when they agreed to the penalty amount in 2011. Same case with the BVN story. There's about 26 million bank accounts that are about to be frozen with the central bank of nigeria saying that they are not giving anyone an extension because everyone has had enough time now to south africa next where alan not craig jr has confirmed that he will be leaving free wi-fi non-profit project isizwe to concentrate on his for-profit venture herotel that's interesting news we actually tweeted it this week and he gave us a like or what is it now on twitter a love <laughs> love heart whatever anyway he, co- he he confirmed that he's moving well Saying he's moving to Hero Tell is a bit much. I don't think he's moving to Hero Tell. He's sort of, it's like osmosis, you know, like he's just shifting, maybe shifting offices, like not in this office to that office or just removing the title on the door and putting a different one. Like, like renovating your crib or something. Yeah, same crib, different color. But uh, yeah, I, I think from the sounds of it, Project Deciso was an MVP uh, minimum viable product for Herotel. I think he said that much before, uh, that uh, Project Deciso was a sort of a proof of concept rather very probably slightly profitable proof of concept and very large proof of concept for Herotel. So now he's looking to take this model to make Wi-Fi available across the continent. Yeah, well, and I'm so glad he didn't turn Project Sizwe into like what a crash test dummy ends up looking like often in testing. <laughs> it's still in, in good functioning order. They've just hit a million users um, in the Twane area. Uh, my, I'm just not sure whether it's unique users or cumulative since inception, but they seem to be doing quite well. They are. He says he's trying to create, uh, if you're South African, you'll know this banking metaphor. He's trying to create in mobile telecoms what Capitec did for banking. So he's trying to disrupt, disrupt is a very negative word, but he's trying to bring affordable telecoms through Wi-Fi to the telecom sector. And for those of you who don't live in South Africa and are not familiar with Capitec, Capitec is a bank that basically did banking very, very differently to what the incumbents were doing and appealed to, to low-income earning consumers uh, very, and has been very successful at doing so. 
Yeah, definitely. So they, they disrupted, if we may use that word, the banking sector and are now quite a successful bank themselves. Well, now some trivia about Alan Knott Craig. Uh, did you know, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, um, that uh, he's, he's borrowed his name from uh, Alan Knott Craig Sr., who's one of the founders of Vodacom and the current CEO of Celsi. So clearly the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And also, um, some say, many say, that uh, social media company Mixit started its demise the day Alan Knott Craig Jr. left, which is, I, I don't know, a good thing, a bad thing, certainly good in terms of reputation for him. So here's to wishing him all the best with his new venture. Staying with South Africa in a surprising move, Naspers is set to sell price check back to the company's founder, Kevin Tucker, uh, as well as a corporate tech group called Silver Tree Internet Holdings. Uh, Kevin started uh, price check in 2006, and he sold it to Naspers in 2010. Why the heck would they sell it back to him? They don't disclose as much. Uh, we tried getting hold of them. They don't disclose as much, but it leaves you speculating. Now, it's said to be Africa's uh, price check, that is, uh, is said to be Africa's largest price comparison service. Apparently, they see something like 25 million unique annual visitors uh, you know, across two platforms. Uh, growth year on year, 40% in South Africa, 600% in Nigeria. Why would Nasper sell it back to them? All I know is you don't sell a good product back or a good service back or a profitable service back. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's an exception. In Nigeria, it lists products from retailers like Zando and Conga and Jumia. And uh, word is its current CEO will be stepping aside, presumably to make way for Tucker. Again, why? If you have any idea why, uh, please fill us in. We'd love to, you know, give us, give us a shout. Definitely. I'm, I'm perplexed by it. Back to Nigeria. Now, Iroko TV has announced that it will be launching a global distribution and licensing business for Nollywood content. They, they've got a global team, which apparently will license, you know, the library of content they have, you know, across, you know, across various channels on the internet, you know, in-flight, YouTube, ah, I don't know. Yeah, ne? Yeah. Well, look, Jason and Joku to quote him, he says that extreme experimenting continues, and I guess this is one of the experiments. Look, they've got the cash to experiment, apparently. So, yeah, they're still experimenting. They definitely do have the cash. They've uh, snapped up a very senior person from the Associated Press, who you know was the director of sales for Europe and Asia at Associated Press, who's now working for them. They're dabbling in traditional TV and launching, you know, having recently launched a couple of TV channels. Uh, look, they say they signed a number of deals with some big names, you know, partners, you know, the likes of British Airways, Vox Africa, Star Times Canal. Look, I, I just feel. Um, there are a lot of press releases that come out of this company, and one's not really, one doesn't really know which one's great, which one's just sort of figure it out and let us know when it's working. Or which one's is putting the fires out after some bad news in the media? Well, we'll never know. If you know more than we do, again, give us a shout. Listen, our final story is also our springboard into this week's discussion. What's in the water in Nigeria? Well, clearly the water that startups are drinking because it's a season of bloodletting now, right? We've got um, Deal Day has just reportedly sacked 60% of its workforce. Do we know why? Nope. Well, kind of, no. Uh, they joined the likes of Jumia, Iroko TV. What is going on? It's, it's very interesting. It, there, there's one of two cases, I think, probably more. Either the land is changing in terms of the landscape is changing in terms of e-commerce and digital startups and internet startups in Nigeria. They're starting to realize that what they thought was the way forward 
is not and it's starting to change or they're just in trouble? Or maybe this is all very normal and, and perhaps because we have so few, they are under the microscope and we're looking so closely at them. There might be bloodletting like this happening all the time in Silicon Valley. That is a very valid point. Because we churn out so few that really make it past a certain mark, probably this is why it's happening. I fully agree with you on that. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Should we be reading into Marek Zmyslowski? Again, I never say his name right. Should we be Chinedu? Isn't that what he calls himself? Chinedu, I think that's better. Yeah, so, uh, you know, should we be reading into the departure of Chinedu from, from say, Jovago? Um, and, and, and let's be, to be fair to Nigeria, they're not the only place where startups are, st- are struggling. Kenya's struggling, Zambia, we've got our own w- s- sorrows here in South Africa. But Nigeria seems to be extra special. Well, they've also raised quite a lot of money as well. I mean, Iroko TV alone raised about $27 million, if not more. Uh, your Congas have raised a lot of money from your likes of Kinevik and Tiger Capital, same with Iroko. Uh, Rocket Internet is putting a lot of money into Jumia. So all these companies have raised a lot of money, and I think that's what puts them in the spotlight. Does that also put Nigeria in a position to be the great disappointment, <laughs> the great investor's disappointment maybe when things don't pan out? Could work two ways. They could be the great success or the great disappointment. Depends whichever, whichever way it goes. Yeah, so it's clearly not in the water. It must be a number of things all happening at the same time. Also, some of the, some of the, some of the reports we get out of uh, Nigeria do suggest that a lot of these changes are happening in a normal course of business. Uh, companies do hit highs and hit lows, and, and over time, hopefully, they grow and get stronger, and um, this is just part of it. Um, in some cases, though, in the case of companies that seem to enjoy you know, projecting an image of sort of Samson's strength, uh, you know, and, and, and not an ounce of humility, perhaps for those we start to think, wait a minute, are you taking us around the bend again? Yeah, and I think, to be fair, uh, most of these startups are less than 10 years old. I'd be surprised if any of these. So there's a lot of experimenting going on, probably some pivoting along the way, changing in business models, experimenting with different business models, realizing that the initial target customers are not the ones you want going forward. So there's a lot of change in the early years of any startup. So, yeah, to be fair to them, it's still early days. But as you said earlier, because we don't churn out so many successful or so many large startups that absorb so much funding, we get to hear about a handful. You actually made me think of something. What do you think Nasperus looked like 10 years in? And and if they had social media and very vocal CEOs who love to to constantly show off what they're driving or what they're eating or what they just bought and that kind of thing. I'm wondering what Nasperus would have looked like 10 years in and would we have projected, based on what we'd seen on social media and perhaps in press releases and in, in news reports, would we have projected that they'd be the behemoth they are today? All I know is I wouldn't have known a thing about Nasperus during apartheid South Africa. <laughs> no internet for you, ne? Ah, no internet for black people, boss. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, we are not in Nigeria, uh, as you can tell. We are uh, firmly based in South Africa at the moment. So we have limited uh, scope into your experiences out in Nigeria. What we would love is for you to tell us what is going on. If you have any intelligence on what the scene or what's impacting the, the, the tech scene and the tech startup scene in Nigeria, please give us a shout. You know how we do that. Or perhaps the guys in Kenya can tell us what's happening in the Nigerian tech scene because all the stories of layoffs seem to be breaking in Kenya first and then being confirmed by Nigerians. So if you're in Kenya, please let us know what's happening in the Nigerian tech startup scene. In fact, 
yeah, I think Kenya is where it's at, actually, because, jeez. Um, yeah, you guys seem to have links to all, like, the most crucial information. So, yeah, east or west, we don't mind where it comes from. <laughs> Give us a shout, because we want to know what's going on, man. Give us a shout. We want to know what's going on in Nigeria's tech scene. Where are the pain points? What can improve? Uh, what needs to stay? What must go? Um, which companies are, in fact, healthy? And, and which, which are some of these stories that might be blown out of proportion in your estimation give us a shout uh, you know how to do it we you can find us on facebook uh facebook.com forward slash african tech roundup uh, on twitter and on instagram our handle is at african roundup or just leave a comment directly on the website um the website address is african once again this week's african tech roundup is brought to you by imagination info solutions the information management and consulting company that helps business people make good, solid, data-driven decisions that impact the bottom line. Visit imagination.co.za, that's e-imagination.co.za, to find out how you can start spending less time sorting through and extracting your company's data, and more time using it to make your business rock. That's e-imagination.co.za. Indeedy do. Now, listen, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the African Tech Roundup. We look forward to having you join us again. But for now, I'm Andile Masugu still. And I'm Tefo Mohapi and I'm drinking good South African water. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Cheers.